And so now after being a minister, I don't know if it's being a minister or just that change that God put in my heart through his spirit. I view the Bible as, um, a, my lifeblood. Like I, I can't even explain it, but, um, it is living word to me is very true. Like I can read the same scripture one week and then a month or two later, read it again and totally something else happens inside me. And so, um, I think Drew, it probably has something to do with being a minister and teaching others, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure what came first. It feels like almost what came first was God saying, Nick, you knucklehead, you're going through life and you know what you need to do as a Christian to grow and to get closer to me and to know me better. Right. But you're not doing it. And, um, then maybe that may be equipped to be able to preach and to teach others. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to episode number eight, right? Yeah, episode eight. Yep. So this is we are continuing our path into the spiritual disciplines. Uh, this episode we are covering the uh, the discipline of reading, reading the Bible, and we have a guest on, Nick Gutwine. Um, I guess you can introduce yourself. Well, yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Winston. I'm Nick Gutwine, as you say, 63 years old, married to Suzanne. Four kids, eight grandkids, and I'm a lay pastor. All right. What does lay mean in this? Uh, lay doesn't mean lazy. It means you don't get paid. Okay. All right. <laughs> have you heard that uh, term before? No. I've I never heard that before. I use it a lot. I think we should stop using it because it, it's common before. It's like you do it uh, as a side thing, but really mm-hmm. it's not a side thing. It's full yeah. time for me, mm-hmm. but it's just not compensated. That's the way our church historically has yeah. approached that. That's good. Um, so I think we're going to start by just diving into some scriptural references, and yep. then they'll take us down a rabbit hole. Yep. Um, and also, I mean, there's not much to, like, define here. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, we're talking about um, reading in the Holy Bible. The, um, I suppose technically there can be different versions or prints of the Bible, but like the general Protestant Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, 66 chapters. Yeah. Um, Books. Yeah. (laughs) Books. Um, (laughs) Starting off hot here. You're doing great. Um, Okay. Um, Okay. Let's uh, start. I wanted to kind of a base first that I really liked for kind of what scripture is meant for and kind of why we have it is second Timothy three sixteen. Um, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Um uh, that's kinda like the baseline of the Bible. Um it's uh teaching, right? It's mm-hmm. meant to be as we were saying by ministers is it's meant to be uh shared i mean not only by ministers but um by god's people for reproof for correction i think in my mind those kind of tied together yeah they're it's, they're very much discipline yeah they're very much a root word of discipline those things mm-hmm. it is something like that we need to learn right like learn what's in the word but 
I've sat through, I've sat through so many lectures in school and like, I just forget what so many of my lectures were about just cause it, I went over it just this once. So since the Bible is so vast and there are so many different things to know about it and know with it, how would, how would you recommend like retaining that information that you read? Yeah, that's that, that really can vary by individual. I can say what probably isn't a good thing. Um, way I, way I started back when I was your age, cause I really was converted at your age or soon after, what are you guys? 19, 18, 18. Yeah, 18 yeah. Well, I was older than you, like 19 or 20, I think yeah. 20. And so reading it out of habit, like you guys talked about in one of your podcasts, like habitually, like it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I think it's almost as if you do it to just say you did it. So yeah. like you're supposed to read. Um, I have found that it's critical for me to really spend a lot of time in it, like not to read even a chapter, mm-hmm. but a section of scripture and write down my thoughts um, on each one. Yeah. And then uh, it helps, but... You still have to continue to be in the word to retain the word. Yeah. So thinking more about what you're reading, like after you read. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have meditation as another one of your disciplines. Mm-hmm. I think it goes hand in hand with yeah. reading. Like if you don't think about what you're reading mm-hmm. and you don't, for some people recording it, like writing it down mm-hmm. for me, I write it down in my Bible. Mm-hmm. And so my Bible's f- filled with notes and with scraps. And then I can, I go over it again and I can say, ah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't retain very quickly. I don't know about you guys, but I really have to read and absorb to get retained. Like, if you asked me the next day if I just read it once, I'd have a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wanted to dive into that practical aspect of it. And, like, why why is it important that we read, like, daily or just on a consistent basis rather than, like, read the whole Bible once or twice and we kind of know it's in there and we can, like, like maybe point, maybe not to specific verses, but to like stories and stuff. Like why isn't just reading it once or twice? Okay. Uh, that's a really an important question and concept. I would say it's like this. If you said to yourself, all I need to do is eat a, a huge meal for two straight days and then the rest of the year mm-hmm. not eat, you, you'd probably die. Yeah. I think spiritually, if you're not in the word frequently, spiritually you could, you could really not, probably not die, be in lots right. of pain and suffering. Yeah. So it's just mm-hmm. absolutely critical to feed yourself with God's word for spiritual nourishment. Yeah. And so it, it has to be a, a constant thing. It can't be a hit and miss thing. That's a, that actually <laughs> like really ties into our last one, which is fasting in that, like the word is your food. And when you fast, like that's what you're doing is you're replacing that. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Do you have any advice for reading? So, well, so a little bit of background info. A couple months ago, I started reading chronologically through the Bible. So just going from, well, I know if you read straight through, it's not actually chronological, but I've just sure. start in Genesis and move on. And like Leviticus and Numbers, like some of those were really hard to get through. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom for how to get through some of the Old Old Testament books that like, I don't know. My perspective is kind of like, oh, they're a little outdated, <laughs> right? Because there, there was the new law, like with Jesus. So, yeah, it's very. You know, if, if I'm being just like real open about how I react to that, I'd love to skip over, say, Leviticus, because yeah. for me, the details of the law 
and the tabernacle are very laborious, you know, and then sometimes you get into names, mm-hmm. names yeah. after names after names. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's, I think on a day-to-day basis, um, it's okay to focus on certain kinds of scriptures, mm-hmm. but I do think it's really good. Like I did, I've done that several times gone through the Bible and I've forced myself to read those yeah. and, um, try to think about, well, how would I think about that today? Like w- what's important about that? It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And I don't think that like we had a Chinese person who became a friend of our family and her family and she got to, she had no, no church and no understanding of the Bible. So she started reading numbers and it freaked her out. <laughs> so I do think it's every piece of the Bible is God breathed mm-hmm. and worthwhile. Yeah. But there are some parts probably, you know, we need to understand, have a perspective on. Yeah. Uh, so as not to get like, uh, twisted out of our minds because it has to be in context of the whole scripture. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to a podcast, uh, this morning actually. And, um, I'm not sure if you know Esau McCauley, but he was, um, well-known Christian writer. Um, he writes for like the New York times and he's written a few books and, um, but he was saying that he thinks a lot of the times people can kind of be misguided by the bigger picture of the Old Testament and a theme that he sees in the Old Testament that should be recognized more is that it's kind of impending disaster from the sin of the Jews or from whatever group or whatever person kind of um, thwarted by God's grace and God's love towards these people. Um, And so we see instances of times when God kind of, you could say, you could say, uh, imposes his wrath or Mm -hmm. well, yeah, the people go through hard times, but there are also times that, um, that God's grace is kind of there to, um, kind of thwart the sins of the people. And I thought that was a really interesting way to, kind of framed the Old Testament that I hadn't heard before. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the mercy of God is shown often in his forgiveness and his always wanting to have a relationship with his people despite the evil and sin that, that disobedience that came. Yeah. But also about the Old Testament, I think for us, we're, we're blessed to be able to have the full picture of the gospel because it was always pointing towards Jesus. Yeah. And yet, you know, if you didn't have the gospel revealed like we had to us, you know, you would, you would have this hope like they did of something to come, someone to come, to come and reconcile things. And we know of that hope. Yeah. And that, that makes the Old Testament for me, I want to read it because I want to understand that perspective because it was pointing towards Jesus. Hmm. I am present in the studio. <laughs> um, I, that made me think of uh, whenever I read the Old Testament and I don't really understand something or... Um, like it confuses me. I always think this Bible is meticulously written and the words were picked by God to be included in the Bible. And I'm like, why would God want to include something like this? And so I was reading through, um, Lamentations a while back and there's some verses about saying like God is the enemy and some like things where he's, he's kind of cursing God for having pain or not cursing God, but just 
very against that. And I was just wondering, like, why would God allow, like, because God is not, he doesn't want to have a biased book. Like, he wants these perspectives of people, real things. Like, we have these times when we're, we don't understand God and we, we're like, God, why are you against me right now? Um, but it just really showed, like, God included perspectives of people that weren't perfect. And the book really, like, that's why it's such an interesting book because it's complex. The characters are all human and... Um, like the whole story of the Israelites leaving Egypt, like they, they get out of this slavery and then they want to go back. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. It's so real. You're right. It's so like, if, they, if you wanted to write something that was beautiful and perfect, you know, um, I, I don't know what it would have been like. It's just very real. Yeah. Like it's, it's us. It's mm-hmm. human. It's human depravity right. in its real form. And God, who's perfect, uh, dealing with us mm-hmm. and loving us. Through all that, it's it's an amazing thing. It's very true what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I ever see like what I think or see to be a contradiction in the word, which I think can be a common uh, thing, which I I would ask, how do you navigate that? Because the way I do it is, I'm like, okay, God included this in His Bible for a reason, and we know that it's all truth. But like, how do you go about um, tying together? Um, some things that could be inconsistencies. Yeah, that's a <clears throat> um, boy. That's there's a number of those things. I would say, generally speaking, um, there are some antinomies in the Bible, which they are two things that are seemingly opposed by our standards, mm-hmm. and but they sit side by side in truth. And one big one would be God's soft, complete sovereignty and free will. Okay, so how do you reconcile those? Well, I think it's nice to think through that and to wonder about it. I believe them both. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's in my mind to be able to rationalize the two and have a perfect explanation, but just to accept that they're real. So I often will do that. And other than that, there would have to be specifics we'd need to talk about. But that's one example for me that's this antinomy. Like, you know, it's, could that be? In the human mind, we think no. But in Deuteronomy 29, 29, God says certain things he leaves as a mystery. But the things he has revealed to us, we are to teach and to understand and step into. But there are certain things that we are not going to be able to rationalize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I heard an, uh, an understanding of the Trinity recently. So if you think about the Trinity, like it's this one God, but there's three persons. And a lot of, uh, or like Muslims will say, well, how can you claim to worship one God when there are three gods because Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit's God and they're all, so how does that work? And it also, if God is like an all powerful being that's greater than anything, how can there be two of them? Uh, and so then I, this understanding, are you familiar with resonance, uh, in chemistry? Uh, <clears throat> You got way above my uh, yeah, okay. my mind right grade there. Chemistry? What yeah. was that? <laughs> I, I avoided that like the plague, fellas. Yeah. I was a business major <laughs> in what was Cranert School, but is now the Mitch Daniel School of Business. I'm do not you, supposed to say Cranert yeah. anymore. Do you not like that? Yes? No? I don't mind it. I, I just liked Cranert. That's where I went, but yeah. it's fine. I think yeah. Mitch Mitch did okay here as president. So Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, anyway, with the, uh, with the residents, basically what it is is there are like three 
three mole- or three atoms, and there's a double bond between one of them and a single bond between the other one. Um, but it can switch between double and single, like between the others. But what's so complex about it is that they're switching all the time, and so all the time it's something in between a double bond and a single bond, which doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just what it is. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense in our heads how it can be something that doesn't exist. But that's what the Trinity is. Yeah. 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 And you can't make sense of it, but you have to in order, like, it's reality. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of of putting the whole question that that Simon asked about, you know, how do you reconcile things? I actually find it fun to look at that, enjoyable to look at God's Word and say, boy, that that doesn't make sense. And so think, think about it, try to explore it. But always trust it. I trust his word implicitly. Mm-hmm. It's been, to me, experientially and, and in reality, very, very trustworthy. Yeah. Can you elaborate on your experience? Like, what experiences have led you to the reliability of it? Yeah. Okay, so for me, I find it to be uh, internally consistent and true. Like, there are some, there are some things that maybe are in conflict, but... Just, it's an amazing thing that so many authors that are writing this thing, it all it all hangs together. I feel like you can you can tie one thing in the Old Testament and arc it to the New Testament when people were hundreds of years apart in their writings. The prophecy that that is written that comes true in the New Testament in Jesus. I mean, it goes on and on. So I think in in and of itself, it's consistent and true. But I think from a standpoint of then. Uh, as a, a feeler, a liver in life, to see how it's played out in my life, how it has helped me, how it has informed me, how it has how it has done what you said, um, Drew, in your in your the verses, it's reproved me, it's corrected me, it's taught me, and it's trained me. I feel like the morality that's in the Bible is a morality that is God's morality that is so. If it were if it were consistently displayed by people, we would have complete unity and peace. Mm-hmm. So that to me says it's trustworthy and reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have an interesting like infographic here that I, I made like a presentation for my Sunday school. But anyway, the end part of it is saying that the Bible is written in three languages on three different continents, 66 books mm-hmm. um, by all these authors that had mostly never met before. And yet they all agree. And so like logically just this book, it's why people like study is still being studied today, like as a work of literature, even Um, not just a spiritual thing. Like it's just the greatest book ever written. (laughs) Yeah. Drew, you asked a question earlier about um, the Bible and it's, it's sort of like to me, um, I don't know. uh, It's, 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 expression of faith to me pulls me towards it it helps me to grow into it so it's an attractive thing to me yeah and the more i read it uh the better it is but i'm going to be real open with you guys i never this is not this is nick at age 63 <laughs> if you ask me at age 19 or 20 i would say i had a i had a very very poor and um just bad view of it okay so mm-hmm. and i would say even at age 40 it was like not great. And if you want to ask some of those questions, I'm curious about how you guys, do you like to read? Do you have an appetite to read? That's something that I'm definitely developing as a new Christian. And 
it's kind of one of the first things that I thought about when I became a Christian, like this is a critical part of a Christian's life and it's not present in my life right now, or it's not, it's not prevalent in my life right now, like when I was becoming a new Christian. And that's something that I've definitely, I'm working on growing into and I have a desire to grow into. Um, And it's interesting because I'm, I think by default kind of, I really enjoy to learn. Um, And so I feel like reading the Bible should come easier to me just because I love books and I love reading and like learning from books. But I mean, to be honest, it hasn't come easy and it's, it's been a struggle. Um, why do you think that is? Do you, do you know enough now that you know why it's hard for you? If you, cause you're, if you're a reader, I was going to ask you Simon and Winston too. I want you to say what he said. Mm-hmm. Are you a reader naturally or not? You are right. Drew, but yet it's hard for you with the Bible. So right. you know why? I'm not sure why i think part of it has to do with um i don't know i sometimes i think that there are certain realities that kind of i like i'm a prideful person um i mean everyone is but i i see a lot of pride in myself and i think to some extent it takes humility to kind of read and i mean the bible is going to tell you that you're a sinner like, <laughs> sure n- there's no there that it says like <laughs> you're like you do everything right and so i'm like <sighs> like I, f- I have to take that and, honest yeah i appreciate that yeah my, mine was always um i i'm not a reader i'm not a natural reader i remember in fourth grade we had something called sra so in fourth grade that would have made me how old like uh what is that nine ten. nine nine or ten yeah and yeah. it was it was brutal for me, and so I really don't have an appetite to read. My wife, Suzanne, loves to read, but I love reading the Bible. But that's only in the last 20 years. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a natural reader at all. My New Year's resolution, not this past year, but the year before that, was to read more books. Uh, props to Esty for that one. because yeah, nice. Yeah, she, she started reading, and I was like, I can do better than her. <laughs> oh, family rivalry yeah. going. That's awesome. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah. So that that year I, I read five books. So I've I've read a couple since then, uh, but not more out of like what can I learn from this than like, oh, yeah, I want to read a book. Um, as it relates to the Bible, uh, like I said, I'm going through the Old Testament. And, man, it is like – I just read a story about Abner and I've never <laughs> even heard of him before. And then four, cha- four chapters later he was dead. So <laughs> like part of me is like, like what am I supposed to get from this? Yeah. So in that way it's challenging for me. But also like this morning uh, I was doing a little bit of research on gluttony because I feel like I eat a lot of food. Was so that right after your fasting episode? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that that's actually how I got started fasting, I think. But yeah, so with something that I struggle with and I want to seek information that I gravitate towards and I was like almost like pouring through all the pages of the Bible just like what can I what can I learn in this realm of thought? So in those that pertain to me, I'm more uh more interested in 
in reading about. Because, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like if you were to, if you were told to read about how to be a wife, it's like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to be a wife, so, like, why would I? Is that? But I would encourage you in that regard mm-hmm. that, that if, like, as you're getting started, go to places that really, that you, you can relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think trying to expect that everything's going to resonate for you is probably unrealistic, but mm-hmm. you know the pieces that will, and then that'll start to build more of an appetite for the yeah. rest. Mm-hmm. I think it'll, it'll be, like, contagious. Yeah. Okay. So, for me, I, as a young lad, was a reader. I liked storybooks and wasn't reading to, like, learn. I was more reading to enjoy the story. But um, along the line, I got a phone and (laughs) stopped reading as much. And school came and, like, the books they were making me read were not enjoyable to me. So I kind of lost my edge on reading. Um, But, like, I recently... When I became a Christian, like like Drew said, I knew I I had to get into the Word, and it was hard for me to start that habit, and because I was like, it's kind of a chore, um, but I don't want to I don't want to read empty like or read something and then not get anything from it because then it's just not worth my time. But at the same time, it can be worth your time. Anyway, I um, used to just like flip open to a random page, which is not yeah. <laughs> I, I realized that that's not what I should do. But then when I don't have something that I know I want to read, then I don't know where to go. But in getting to college, I was able to kind of start a new like clean slate and like make healthy study habits and, and things that I didn't do before. And so I read every morning and now I read because I know it's good for me. Like I've seen the effects of reading and I've, I've taken breaks from reading and I've seen how much worse I feel when I don't read. And so like, even if I read something and I don't really understand it, it's still beneficial to me just to like look at God's words. So I think that's another answer to your question, Winston, about like, how do you know what makes it seem reliable to you? I think there is a direct correlation in my life to being spiritually healthy and how, how much I'm in the word. There's no question in my mind. When I get away from it, I drift it's just really weird, and it's it sounds like, well, that's logical, but it's very true for me, and I think it is for anybody. It'd be like, you aren't eating, you're getting sick. You're an athlete, and you're not exercising. You're going to be end up being off track, yeah. and not 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 conditioned for your for your for work. Sure. For someone that doesn't believe in God, how do you think? Because we think of our lives and like our social life, our physical health our mental health, and then our spiritual health. So with someone that doesn't consider that spiritual life or spiritual health is like even exists, how do you think that affects them not getting in the word? Does that kind of make sense? Big time. Yeah. I think, I think they probably don't see a reason to. Yeah. But I think that's why it's so important, like to understand the authenticity of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Because if you believe it's true, if you believe the Bible's true, yeah, then you can't ignore what it says. Mm-hmm. And what it says has to do with eternal life and reconciliation yeah. to our maker. But if you don't if you don't believe it, like I've got children, a child who absolutely does not believe it. He's 40. Yeah. And so it, it's not going to be interesting to him. Yeah. So in many ways some of what we have to do with those who aren't following is to 
is to convince them of the authenticity. And I love looking at that aspect of it, the Bible, like understanding how it was put together, especially this Bible I have in front of me, it's ESV, which mm-hmm. I find to be a fascinating uh, work, how they how they brought this together. Yeah. One of, well, so uh, part of what brought me to be a follower is just realizing the practicality of the Bible. So um, one, I think, like the easiest example to point to is marriage. Like if you have a marriage like the Bible depicts it, you're statistically just going to have a very successful marriage. And it's like, how can you, like, how can you refute that? Right. Um, and then just several other things. Like if you do it the way it says, like you're probably going to turn out better. As I was talking about God's morality, Mm -hmm. it's also God's design for things. You're right. I mean, they work out. Yeah. Hello. You know, (laughs) when I say work out, by the way, I don't, I do not mean that life's going to be perfect. Yeah. 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 Of course. In other words, there's still going to be pain and suffering. It's not a promise as a believer that we're going, but that's also in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, but if we follow His way from a spiritual peace standpoint, we will be able to attain that by by following His morality and His word, obe- o- being obedient to yeah. it. Uh, this might be off topic from what you you were talking about just now, but you mentioned the ESV version, and what I wanted to kind of learn more about today was translations and um kind of the is there controversy behind translations that you've seen or is it like what's special about the esv or what i i'm very curious <laughs> yeah um well let me ask you first each one of you quickly um start with you drew and you can pass that mic around yeah what's your favorite translation to study in or read uh, I've read probably predominantly out of ESV and CSV, Christian Standard Bible. Okay, thanks. Simon? Um, I do KJV and NIV Bibles. Yeah, so I've read NIV my whole life, and I had a friend that has convinced me uh, to switch over to King James Version finally. Um, and it took a lot of a lot of debating, but um, what ultimately switched me over, I talk to you on Monday yeah, about this. I remember you telling uh, me. Is the vocabulary, I think, is so much more extensive. I already have a notepad going of words that I've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's probably the reason why I don't prefer it. Mm-hmm. I, I like it in my language. But um, we'll go back to your question then. I, by the way, I, King James is a wonderful, poetic, yeah, beautiful Bible. And it's one that many churches, including our, our own, my own, has adopted for years. And yeah. I'm not dismissing that at all. But if you look at translations and, and authenticity of them, I think that there's, if you look at KJV, I'll just pick a handful, KJV, ESV, NLT. I don't know about CSB. Let me see if it's on my list. Got a secret list here of translations that are okay. <laughs> the message is on the edge. No, it's, in the, it's good. Yeah, all right. So if you look at those more um, modern translations, I'll pick NIV and ESV. They were based upon older documents found, hmm. like more older than the ones that the King James was based upon. Um, there are slight differences, but they are not doctrinally significant. So you can be confident in KJV, ESV, NIV, and uh, NLT, and CSB. You can be confident that it's not doctrinally off. Now, there's a difference in them. Um, the KJV... And the uh, even the ESV are more word-for-word translations, 
and uh, NIV is more concept for concept or phrase for phrase when they translate it from the, uh, or meaning for meaning, when they translate from Greek and Hebrew into uh, English. Uh, and then there's some that go very far with that, like the message or uh, NRIV. So um, our, my recommendation is that, uh, and, and so then what is more understandable? Um, that's what really motivates me. Like, I, I feel like if you take someone who is, doesn't have English for their first language, or uh, someone in your generation, you, you're a little unique if you're, uh, yeah. if you're looking at KJV, but yeah. it's really hard. You guys, you know, you, the way you guys communicate today, you know, um, on social media and so on, it's kind of cryptic. It's terrible English probably. Yep. And, and so then you're supposed to have someone who's fresh and, 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 and in Christ reading KJV. It's just like, it's really hard. It's, it's, it's old English. Sure. It's not bad. I grew up with it, and it's poetic, and most of the verses I remember are KJV. But I really like studying in the ESV. It's closer to word for word, and it's comfortable for me. But I think you're safe in the ones I've talked about, and I think it's most important to feel like you can understand it. It's clear to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that helps me. You want to say something, Drew? A little bit of background info. We are missing a mic, so Drew and Simon have been sharing yeah. one. So if there's a pause in between those two speaking, that's they're rotating it over. Yeah. Um, I was curious to hear, um, how long ago did you become a minister? Um, a minister, it was, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, 2008. Nice. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, 15 years ago 15 years? Okay. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of old for minister material. I was 46. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait a minute. I, no, no, I was 48. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I was curious to hear how your one reading the Bible and two, maybe your perception of the Bible has changed one from like becoming a believer to becoming a minister and then becoming a minister to now, like has, has being a minister and kind of the element of, um, sharing and, uh, teaching the Bible to others. Has that changed how you kind of consume or yeah, like how you, uh, view the Bible. Yeah. I'll take you through as quick as I can. Uh, cause you podcast, you don't like long speeches. So I'll, I'll keep it like cryptic. <laughs> when I was, when I was first a Christian, I read every night before I went to bed and it's the worst time for me because when I'm tired, it's even bad, hard for me to pray. If the prayer is like a very, like not very thoughtful. one. so for me, I pray long in the morning and minimally at night before I go to bed. Reading was that way for me. I would just open randomly, read a chapter, and go to bed. And if I'm being honest about it, it was more like I'm checking off the box today. I did my reading. And that's, that's a very lazy and, in my mind, an unacceptable way. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's bad because it's reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. But it's lazy, and, it, and it's hard to see that that really helped me. Yeah. It probably did, but not much. Then um, I went and became a Sunday school teacher pretty early. And I would encourage you guys, especially listening to your podcast and your hearts, go early with that. Hmm. If I'm, if I'm you, you're, you're here for four years, volunteer to be a substitute teacher at your young age. You guys can do that. What it did for me was it made me, it made me go to the word because I was teaching the word to children and I better know what I'm teaching. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. It was good. It helped me. And 
Then I got caught up in my career, and I still read. I would read when I would travel and stuff, but um, honestly, um, it, it wasn't the centerpiece of my life. And so um, it was okay, but I was getting off track in my life. And then a few things happened. Events happened in my life to change my life, including my father's death. And um, God woke me up. And so now, after being a minister, I don't know if it's being a minister or just that change that God put in my heart through his spirit, I view the Bible as um, a, my lifeblood. Like, I, I can't even explain it, but um, it is living word to me is very true. Like, I can read the same scripture one week and then a month or two later read it again and totally something else happens inside me. And so um, I think, Drew, it probably has something to do with being a minister and teaching others, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure what came first. It feels like almost what came first was God saying, Nick, you knucklehead, mm-hmm. you're going through life and you know what you need to do as a Christian to grow and to get closer to me and to know me better, right? But you're not doing it. Yeah. And um, then maybe that may be equipped to be able to preach and to teach others better. Okay. That makes me question... Uh, you said knowing the word, and so people memorize scripture. How do you think that benefits you reading the Bible and tying into other parts of life? What do you mean, memorizing? Well, because, yeah, so I, I mean, I've heard you already quote like four or five verses, yeah. uh, and it's just, it's admirable, but like, how do you use that kind of? Yeah, I actually don't think it helped, you know, I, I would say I'm not very good at memorizing. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I am good at is searching what I know. Like, honestly, one of the, I kind of diss technology a lot, you know, because I, I can't do it very well. Mm-hmm. But one of the most effective things to me is Bible Gateway, because I, I think, oh, I know this scripture. And then I, I, can't, I can't remember where it is or yeah. remember it. And then I can go on and search those words, and there it is. Yeah. So, um, and then over time of repetition, I can recall some things because yeah. they spoke to me. Mm-hmm. But it's not my natural thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard people say, well, oh man, I just, when I got in that moment, suddenly the scripture came to me. Um, I don't know. It doesn't work as much that way for me. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I, I, th- I would encourage you to memorize. It's mm-hmm. just not either. I, either I'm, I call myself not good at it, but maybe I don't try hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say that you're like good at memorizing, but I think I can memorize stuff like when I want to but for me I think it's sometimes hard to like see the point of it or like when am I actually going to need to know this but I think maybe the bigger point is just having it written in your heart rather than Mm. be able to say it to others I mean they're both important but very good point this might not be the time for a Rubik's Cube analogy (laughs) but I'm going to give one (laughs) so when you're solving the Rubik's Cube uh, there are thousands of algorithms that you can learn and learning like just this one algorithm I think in my head I sometimes think like okay what's the point like when am I I'm going to use this in one in 300 solves like why would I even learn it but when you learn uh, your first one and then you learn 10 and then you learn 40 Mm. then you start using them every other solve and the benefit just adds up over time and so kind of like why would I use this like yeah, the benefit is so small in the beginning, but I think over time it's got to be huge, and I can only imagine like using it all the time at that yeah. point. It's yeah, that's that's a good a good and all or metaphor. Yeah, I like that. 
I like what I think this relates and I like what um Jesus says in John eight thirty one uh to thirty two, he says, Um, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so it's the knowing the truth, knowing and the truth that comes from the Bible and um being able to distinguish between right and wrong, between good and evil, and that can set you free. I I really like that thought. Great thought. I have uh, experienced that um, it's truth, but it reinforces it. Um, I was going to an exam, and um, I was pretty nervous about it. And I told Drew recently, like, having Jesus in my life has really set me free in just, like, a lot of different aspects. And, like, I feel at ease when I'm going into an exam, and I know if I get a bad grade, I'm still saved. (laughs) I have, I have faith. And so, but I still wanted, I went to the word because I was like, I need some encouragement from Jesus. Like, tell me you got this man. And so I opened up and the word was like, this was one of the times where I, I opened up to a random one and it actually worked. (laughs) And, and it said, (laughs) and it was like, um, the fact that I forget this now, it was basically saying, um, you don't need to fear because you know me. So just, just go do it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I I have it on my phone, but I, go do you, it. do you know this first? Yeah. While you're looking, I'll bring up something. I used to be the same way. Like I'm <coughs> super, uh, I hold myself to very high standards. So if I didn't do well in school, or like on a well on a test in particular, like I would not be happy. And so, coming to college, uh, now kind of having this new mindset. Like, I my first chemistry exam, I got a seventy three, and I was like, holy cow! But uh, in reading through Ecclesiastes, I read this line that said, like, um, the race is not to the swift, and the battle is not to the strong, uh, because time and chance ha- happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it even said. Uh, nor favor to the educated. Mm. I was like, all right, it's <coughs> just one test. doesn't matter. Time and chance happens to everyone. So totally. it really is comforting. And I've had, a, I've had a couple thoughts like throughout the year, just like, what would I be like if I didn't have, like when I'm really stressed, I'm like, what would I be like if I didn't have Jesus in my life? You know, this ulterior purpose. It just makes me think sometimes. Yeah, it's good to think like that mm-hmm. because it makes you appreciate what you have. Yeah, it's really True. important. How you doing over there, Simon? I I didn't write it down in my phone. Keep, I wrote keep it looking, there. keep looking, because I, I now that you brought up Jesus. Yeah. Is it okay if we talk more about Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, what do you think, Jesus? Doesn't it strike you how much Jesus talked about Scripture? Jesus Himself, like when he when he rose from the grave. And he was walking on the road to Emmaus, if you remember that. And there he met these two guys. Mm-hmm. You remember the story? He's walking along the road. And these two guys are along there. And they're telling him all about the crazy stuff that happened in Jerusalem that weekend. This guy came in, Jesus, and Jesus is going along. Yeah, uh-huh. And then, um, then he went to their house, and they broke bread. And then um, it said that they, he opened their mind by the scriptures. Wow. Which is freaked freaked me out because like well this is Jesus he could just say hey I'm him look at me yeah but instead he opened their mind by the scriptures and then 
right after that, the same thing he says about the disciples, that it was the scriptures that he used to open their minds. Hmm. And this is Jesus, the Son of God, using the scriptures. So, I mean, it really puts the weight on what we're talking about here in terms of how powerful it is for us to know God. And I think you guys said it in your in your introductory podcast. Like, I mean, it's it's God revealed to us in his word. Yeah. Could there be a more important spiritual discipline? Yeah. I think what, like what I draw from that is it's cool that Jesus used the word to like um, help people grow spiritually because he could have just been like, hey, I'm God and did a miracle. But like we don't have Jesus to point to now and be like, well, look, like watch him. And so in the way that he used scripture, we also should go to Absolutely. scripture. Yeah. I, think, I think maybe one of the most comforting things in the Bible to me is when a New Testament passage references like Paul or Jesus reference an Old Testament thing and like these two things are very connected. Like the Old Testament points to Jesus and Jesus is like uh, looking back to the Old Testament to talk about, um, he talks about a lot about the law and then him being like the fulfillment of the law or just different things. And also the prophecies in the Old Testament, like pointing to the New Testament and goes both ways. And so I, when I think of kind of the Bible talking about scripture like that's that's big for me like how mm-hmm. how it, it it's all connected yeah well for for not for saying you don't really like to read you sure know a lot <laughs> um i found the red letters awesome it says take courage it is i don't be afraid so i opened up saw that closed the book <laughs> how'd you do on your test <laughs> his face 85 <laughs> sounds good to me no I, it was it was it's again it's still not about the grade even no matter what totally, i get totally. it's it's just it's about like, the piece you have that, like while that, i'm taking matter. the test i'm not yeah, yeah. sweating <laughs> so it was very encouraging that i i opened up and i saw that what's your major simon i'm undecided oh, I so like that. I, yeah. I have to put a lot of i'm working on trusting God in, in this process where I have to figure out what I want to do yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what a great age to be, but a great stage of life. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Be okay with that, with the fact that you aren't decided. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes people want to pressure you to figure your life out at your age and, um, it's very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it. I feel enjoy like where it, you are. I feel like in some ways I'm also undecided, even though I'm in the engineering program going into civil, I'm like, I think this is what I want to do. You, you've just admitted that you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Just keep taking steps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what, uh, not to be a diversion, but I, I had a question written down for this. Um, so is there any way that we can take reading into other parts of our lives than just sitting down at home and, and diving in? Uh, because like with prayer, uh, like, so I pray at home, but I can also when I walk to class, I pray, or you can pray with other people. So, uh, is there like, how do you do that with reading or is that even what reading is meant for? Like, are you meant to just dive in by yourself, like at home and look? A really great question. First of all, spiritual disciplines have three dimensions. So I think just to encourage you guys, one is personal. Mm-hmm. Then there's interpersonal and there's mm-hmm. c- communal. And that's the same way with reading. With reading, to me, it's really, um, 
it's studying too, right? I mean, it's not, it's just, it's reading to absorb. And so I would say, I'll give you a couple examples. Well, one personal one to me was I, I, I had a long commute for a while. And so I listened to the Bible, to the full Bible on, you know, audio, which was awesome. Um, but probably one of the most powerful things to me is I've got a group of three other men, brothers in Christ, um, from a variety of different backgrounds and denominations that I have been with for 12 years, and we are an accountability group. For a while, we would just we would talk once every couple weeks on the phone and see how we're doing and pray. And then we decided, oh, you know, let's just go through the Bible, through Bible a book together. So we're, we went through the book of John, and we just we went through natural snippets of Scripture, sometimes three verses, sometimes 20. And each week, we made it weekly, and we went on half hour only, and we would rotate, and, and one of us four would write questions on that scripture and then lead a discussion, and we'd rotate. Our lives, our, our relationships changed, and it was just another dimension of the discipline that was interpersonal that really made a difference. And so that is an aspect. It's a great question because, yes, the answer is yes. It's not, I don't think it's meant just to be private or personal. Mm -hmm. I think there are ways to get into the word, even your worship on a Sunday, right? When you worship with your church body and the spirit of God is in that midst of the corporate worship, it's an opportunity also. It's not just, um, you know, I mean, it's good to listen to the sermon, but it should be part of your growing into the word. Um, And then hopefully there's going to be discussion about it and, you know, challenging each other and so on. So I think it's multifaceted. What's the difference between interpersonal and communal? I think communal would be more like a larger group, like a body you're part of, like a church. Yeah. Let's, say, let's call it church because I, I'm, I'm really tired of like people who think, well, you, you guys were all at that talk I made about, about church. Mm-hmm. Church is, it's not optional. Yeah. I mean, it can be for someone who can't go. They're at a place where there's not a church or there's a persecuted church or whatever, but Church is a body of believers together worshiping Jesus, holding each other accountable. That's communal. Yeah. And that's communal where you can be in the word together as a church body. Interpersonal to me could be like you three. Yeah. It, it's maybe splitting hairs, but it's trying to like be a little bit. I, I kind of go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18 talks about like when you find somebody who's off, like this, this is scripture telling us, you find somebody who's kind of off the rails. Let's just say, um, Simon, you they're noticing that you're, um, I don't know, you're doing some sinful things. And um, uh, let's say Drew comes to you and says, hey, Simon, I'm, I'm noticing you're doing some sinful things. I'm just, just I love you. I just, you know, I want, I just want to make you aware of those. Probably should stop. And then you don't stop. And then you two go to him, Winston and Drew. This is Matthew 18, 15 to 18. And then they go to you and you say, okay, I hear you, but you don't stop. Then what do you do? Then you go to the church, it says. Mm-hmm. You put him before the church. Mm-hmm. That, that's where discipline goes from personal, but yet maybe you've fallen off yep. to interpersonal to communal to try to help you. The whole goal is to try to help you get back on track. Yeah. That's good. It's awesome. There was a question in my head, but I always I always do this. Every episode I forget what my question was. Um, can you repeat your question that you asked, Nick, uh, oh. just now? So I said, like, prayer, uh, you can... Like it's personal, but also I like I pray when I go to when I go to class or you can pray with other people. 
So I asked, like, if there's a way to do reading like that. Like, obviously, you can't read on your way to class because you got to look where you're going. But, like, okay, I think I remember my question. Do you think, like, I guess we started to answer that, but is there a right way to read, or does it say in the Bible how to read, or is it just oh. about the amount you read, or about the amount of time you read, or what is the. There's no formula, obviously. What does, yeah. I no, don't know. no, that that's really, I, I think that's a, I think to say, you know, I don't know how to, how to answer that question. I can say, like, sometimes in life, well, first of all, you're all at different stages. You have to figure out at whatever stage you're in, what's the best time for you to read and how, and, and I would say give it time. I, I don't know. There's nothing I don't think in the Bible about it, except I would think that it should be. Uh, this is terrible because you're right. There's no formula. But I, th- I think if you're not spending a half hour a day, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you know. But that's just that's just my own opinion. I'm not saying that's a rule of thumb or anything. It yeah. it does come down to like, what is your lifeblood? Like, what yeah. are you yeah. prioritizing? And yeah. we should prioritize the word to some extent. And like, I like what you said earlier about reading at night versus the morning. For me personally, I'm I don't do well at night because I I get tired and then I don't take it in as well so I do it in the morning but some people are opposite some people, yeah, yeah exactly you gotta figure yourself out but you're right too it's like discipline is this is discipline right discipline is you guys said it in your podcast I really enjoyed your introductory podcast because you, you seem to get this concept that sometimes you do things you don't like sometimes you do things you don't like and I would argue that if you don't like reading the Bible just hard for you that the more you pour into it and find ways you're going to like it better but you have to carve the time out like every friday night uh, for a long time suzanne and i we kind of like i'd travel be gone and we sort of lose communication we committed every friday night we're going to have a date night and uh, now pretty much every night's date night because we you know i'm tired but um <laughs> but we would not do anything with anybody to the point where we said sorry we're not going to go and it was really important for us. It's like exercise. If you're committed to exercising, you have to commit to it, right? And you, you're going to have to be rigorous about hitting it. Do we do the same thing for reading the Bible? Is that, if that's such a priority, then shouldn't we all have like, this is my commitment that I'm going to do? Yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. It sounds nice, but it's so difficult, right? Yeah. Like to actually carry out, at least for me. Um, one question I had um, was, I like I said earlier, I like I'm a very kind of logical thinker, and I think with that comes a lot of doubts about kind of the validity of things. And so, one kind of struggle for me is the Bible. I mean, the Bible was written all the way from, however, like long before Jesus was born until the first century right and but then it wasn't actually like pieced together until um a good while later and so in my mind like i i mean i think i'm at peace with it now but in my mind a lot of times like that kind of gets to me and i was wondering kind of one is that ever something that you wrestle with and kind of what how how are you comfort comforted that the Bible can be like 
the true authority from God. Can I say something quick? Yeah. Thomas is known as the doubter, right? Yeah. Um, but I think he's in the Bible for a reason because I don't think doubt is particularly bad. Yeah. Because doubt given evidence is a stronger belief. Right. So sure. Yeah. Um, doubt only produce produces perseverance in your belief. Um, so I, I do think it's good to have doubt. I just think it needs to be properly addressed. So, sorry. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, th- I think um, <clears throat> I don't I don't struggle too much with that, but I know uh, being in my role, pastor role, a lot of people do, Drew. And um, I would say uh, I'm pretty sure you saw the documentary because I was I think I shared it with a lot of people. This documentary of putting this ESV together how they went back and looked at all the historical writings and where they found the scrolls and yeah. all the authenticity of that. You've seen that. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So those kind of things, I, I, I see that and I think, okay, good. You know, some people need more than that, but to me, it's like, how, how could they possibly have found so many different copies of this thing written down yeah. and then back to the point we were making earlier about the the way it hangs together from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. So it would be really like, I suppose it, I, I just can't conceive of it being anything but but spirit breathe because you couldn't over centuries assemble something so internally, you know, reliable. Yeah. So that's what helps me. Um, but But I think it's a really critical point because like I said, with unbelievers and with, Unchurched people, um, they have to know that this thing we have uh, is, you know, more more reliable than the Quran. Like, why why should they believe that sure. versus anything else? Yeah. When I was doing a little bit of preparation for this episode and kind of was thinking through that a little bit, I did a little bit of research, and I think it was uh, these guys from the Bible Project um, were talking about why we don't have different books of the Bible in our um, Bible that others might have or that one could argue could be in there. And they were talking about kind of that idea of the bigger picture and how Mm. all these books like fit inside the bigger picture and they're so like beautifully woven in, um, yeah, woven into each other, um, both in like their minute details and yeah, the the overall grand uh, story and that that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's hard to hard to conceive that that could happen except supernaturally. Mm. Yeah. I never really wrestled with the credibility side of the word. Mine was more so on the end of um there are all these scientists that say there was a big bang, something like that. Yeah. Uh more the scientific side. Um but I think the more you look into this is getting off the topic of of reading but like I don't know if, like, explain to me how a single-celled organism <laughs> went to multi-celled, and then from there to organs, and then from there to splitting off and and becoming male and female, which are completely codependent on each other. And how do you get that from something that is independent? Yeah, I mean, it, so that <laughs> that's really where more of my doubt came in. Well, but it it is related to the Bible because. One of the fundamental things is you, you need to believe Genesis 1. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yes. like, it's, yeah, that, that, that's, it starts there with, is God the creator? Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. can't b- get beyond that. It's hard, too. That's yeah. a really, that's a really big one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I we should probably start wrapping up. I think we're coming up on an hour. Do you have anything else that I kind of covered all my notes? Not really. Okay. Uh, reading is one of those things we're all uh, pretty connected to, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, in a sense, we have a lot of our answers already, or, or we have a lot of answers to our questions already. Um, and I think we definitely reached out and asked the questions we wanted answered. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your help, Nick. This was, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Did, did you have any other comments yeah, yeah, or yeah. notes or questions for us or anything that you'd like to add? You know, not, not really. I just, I just think it's fantastic that, you know, three, three freshmen here are, are leaning into this kind of thing. I think it's good for you. And in a way, it's what I was saying earlier about, uh, through this, then you are growing together in your, in your, um, your walk with Jesus. So I really encourage you. I'm really excited to be part of this thing. Keep it, keep it going. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. We, yep. we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I appreciate all your thoughts. Um, yeah. And thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate everyone who listens. It's, it's a treat for us to do this and it, it, it's special to know that other people kind of care. Um, and we love to hear feedback. So if you have any feedback, the uh, email is in the comments. Um, you guys have anything else? I think you meant it's in the description. <laughs> uh, description. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. All right. <coughs> see you later. Good. See ya. Ciao.